From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, it's another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Welcome to our little radio program, and uh, thanking you in advance, of course, for uh, subscribing to the show, pressing the subscribe button. That is key. Don't just go and search it every time you want a new episode. Press subscribe. They're sent right to you. You'll get them the, uh, the second that they are released. That is the quickest and easiest way to get our show sent to you every single day as we try to get these out to you about seven days a week these days. Uh, you can get a bonus episode in case you run out, in case you listen to all of our shows, which I think we've done, uh, I think we're into the 60s now. I've kind of lost track, but I think it's into the 60s. It sounds about approaching right. Approaching 70s. Um, once you've listened to all of those and you need that extra fix, having that bonus episode is kind of helpful. So if you want that, just give us a, a nice review there on iTunes with uh, about uh, five stars. That would be, that would be helpful. Uh, and then email me the username that you did that under. You email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and I'll reply back with a link to that bonus episode. That's an unpublished episode with all new stories never heard before that we made just for you as a thank you for helping us grow and giving us that review there uh, on iTunes. Of course, uh, let your friends know about us as well. Uh, just because, just because uh, you love us. And we love you, and that's what we're doing the show uh, for you every single day here at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. All that support really helps us uh, get stories, number one, because we kind of need those to do the show. Um, and it helps us grow, get new listeners, and uh, deliver, like I said, a better show to you every single week. Uh, lots of follow-up here, and uh, lots of calls, lots of good stories uh, on today's episode. Todd has written in his uh, part two to the ghost doctor story from our last episode. Okay. So I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting hearing his ghost story. Um, and uh, yeah, just lots of, uh, lots of interesting feedback uh, on uh, some stuff that we've talked about previously uh, here on the show. Uh, one of them uh, is saying, hey, uh, Jenny and Tony, thank you. Uh, it just doesn't seem adequate anymore, but thank you so much. Almost daily fixes of my ghost addiction. I love it. Life is good. Uh, concerning the true story behind the movie The Exorcist, I read the book first, then years later came across the documentary. Either one is worthy. I'm surprised they weren't more popular. I don't think people wanted it to be based on a true story. I was only eight years old when I saw The Exorcist at a drive-in theater. My mother and I were supposed to be asleep in the back of the station wagon, but we weren't. Uh, he's been able to uh, torment me with sound effects from it ever since. Who? I don't know. It's probably the person that they're with at the time, a family member. Uh, it was 38 years before I was ever to watch again. No joke. Anyway, can't wait to hear uh, what you two think about the documentary. I, I, you know, I've been trying to get the documentary. He's been checking every red box <laughs> near our house. And even not near our house. We were across town the other day, and I was like, hey, there's a red box. I'm going to go look for it. Because we read something saying that that documentary about The Exorcist was at red boxes. So I'm like, okay. Everyone I've gone to, out of stock. Out of stock. I'm wondering if it's even stocked at all. Like, do they even put it in the the red boxes? Can you add it to your queue in Netflix or anything like that? I don't. Uh, 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 That's a good idea. We do pay for that service. I should probably utilize it. Well, let's at least look and see if it's there. Yeah, I'm going to check that out because um, I think we have like... uh, the hunt for red october still uh on netflix that we've never returned yet uh but hey no late fees it's just we've had it out for about four months uh 
I'm going to check that. That's a good idea. Okay. Um, Taylor writes in, not sure if Tony is aware of the Ackroyd connection to the paranormal. Yes, well aware. Uh, but I was unaware of your the next thing that this person saying. They had a chance to uh, pursue this book not long ago. It's written by uh, Dan Ackroyd's father about seances uh, in his childhood home and evidence of ectoplasm, etc. That's uh, interesting. It's on Amazon. And here's the link. I was unaware of this book. So I'm going to look into this a little bit more. It's by uh, Peter Aykroyd, uh, with a forward by Dan Aykroyd. Um, and it looks interesting. History of Ghost starts in 1848 in upstate New York, uh, and it's kind of uh, it's a documentation of some of those experiences. There so, you go. I'm going to check that out. I know Dan Aykroyd, obviously, very much um, into the paranormal and, and the ghost world. Um, and I'm a huge fan being a Ghostbusters dork. I mean, my, my idea of uh, what I was going to do when I grew up was to be a Ghostbuster, but I guess the closest we got is doing a good daily ghost podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I, in the, the realistic scheme of things, I guess that's, you know, that works. Um, but no, I have not. It's called A History of Ghosts, and I don't, uh, it's 2009 is when it came out. Oh, I never heard of that one. I will, uh, I'll check that out. So thanks for the, uh, the information on that. Uh, another uh, follow-up here. Uh, from what I recall, when my mother wanted to get a priest to come out and cleanse our house, it was very difficult to get a priest out to do that. It has to go through the archdiocese and the bishop of all kinds of craziness. Uh, exorcists are even harder to find, especially Catholic ones. I believe the Vatican has to sanction it, and it's very rare that they will. So uh, we had... Was it a caller or a story the other night where we suggested, you know, you... Oh, it was uh, Dish Lady. Yeah, but she's not Dish Lady. She wasn't doing dishes. Yeah. Um, demonic voice that sounds like Dishes Lady um, in the background on that call. Uh, she sounds truly troubled. Um, so I don't know what it takes. I don't know what hoops you have to jump through. But uh, if, if you're still out there listening... Um, do a little research. There's a lot of, uh, there are quite a few um, exorcist type things I found online. Um, and uh, look up demonologist. Start with a demonologist, honestly. Yeah. Look up a demonologist, get in touch with one, explain what's going on. Uh, and maybe they can help point you in the right direction rather than you just calling up a, the church or calling up a priest that's involved in it going, hey, I got demons. Um, Talk to your demonologist first. If if you can get them to talk to you and maybe get some more evidence of be concerned, and then they go to their contact higher up in a church, that may give you a little more clout to get them to pay attention to you rather than you just making a random phone call. That could expedite the process. Exactly. Yeah. It's about who you know to get the devil out. Right. So, there you go. Uh, another comment about Heather O'Rourke and the weird stuff that happened on uh, that movie. Uh, Heather O'Rourke had a bowel obstruction in some reports. The older sister, Dominique Dunn, was murdered by her boyfriend after the movie wrapped. The Omen also is a freaky movie-making behind the scenes, too, starting with Gregory Peck's son suicide right before it started. There's a documentary about the making of that one out there somewhere. Yeah, another documentary I'd love to find. I love documentaries. I could just watch them all day. I like them, but sometimes they scare me because I know that they are real, you know? That's the best part. I know. That's, yeah. That's the part that scares me the most. I got to check that one out. Um, here's one. They they like our kind of more laid back approach and I guess the some of the cursing that we've had to the show. Uh, did you just say that shit's going crazy? Ha ha. So funny because your voice is so radio pro, Tony. You really have let your hair down. Love it. Thank you both. 
So well, we don't plan to say those words. It just kind of happens. <laughs> shit's going crazy. Virgin something that translates to Virgin of Charity is the patron saint of Cuba, and she's also worshipped in the religion of. Santeria. Uh, this is in relation to the episode we had uh, not that far back about the uh, demonic, uh, uh, the Virgin Mary statue, yeah, figurine statues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when I, uh, uh, which I disagree with the caller that it was used in black magic. Now I believe that objects can be cursed, but not necessarily the Virgin Mary. Anyway, it is hard to explain. Uh, research uh, Santeria, and there is a religion called El Palo, and. The one religion I don't even like to say its name is something that scares me. No offense to whom believes her followers. I respect religious beliefs of all people. There are a lot of followers of her. The something that translates to the holy death. Um, uh, maybe you should do a show on it. <laughs> Let's not uh, upset the holy death people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather not get on their bad side. If you don't want to say it yeah. out loud, we yeah. don't want hey, to say it out loud. Let's do a national show about the holy death people yeah. and see if we can upset them. Maybe they can do something about it, like curses. No. Uh, so we're going to kind of leave them alone. Uh, uh, research and Google it and, uh, and tell me your opinion on the subject of uh, the religious relic. I'm, I'm under the opinion of any relic can become cursed. I don't care what it's a figure of. I, I think you could have a figurine of Jesus that becomes demonically cursed if you have enough horrible things happen to it because it's not the the figurine that is the uh the what it's representing you know right i mean it, jesus is not that figurine it's a representation of it but if i mean just like you see upside down crosses in you know demonic things the cross is a representation of christ it doesn't mean that christ is hanging upside down it's a, it was used inappropriately uh, or for the wrong means and that's what that is so i think anything uh, well, could become in that particular story though they were able to get um their their priest to come out and t- you know help with that situation and, yeah. and remember that figurine actually went to live at the church until it was cleansed enough to come back and then yeah. they didn't want it sure so i think if he thought that it was the figurine that had you know the the demonic entity sure. attached to it that's good enough for me my question is you know the there's the stories of cleansing the figurines and why not just get rid of the figurines there's, there's a lot of figurines out there i mean uh i mean unless they're like jewel encrusted or something or some sort of or hold some sort of like sig- historical significance um a lot of them are just planes uh if they got something bad going on with them, uh, just get rid of them. Get a new well, figurine. Well, I asked you that about other things, and you said, well, because then whatever's tied to it will be then, like, released into... Oh, sure. That's a good point. ...universe. Well, that's your point. That was your yeah. point a couple shows that ago. That is a good point. Yeah. So, bless them, bury them. But, I mean, if you bless them, does that... Doesn't that also just expel the demon? Are you not expelling the demon either way? I think they I have mean, to do it a certain number of times. Don't these things essentially... When you do expel it, I'm just saying you could expedite the process by just destroying it and then it gets back out of the atmosphere, wherever the hell it's going to go. If you bless it X amount of times, aren't you, you're not necessarily killing the demon. You're, you're essentially just evicting a, it from that piece yeah. so of whatever. Evict it by blowing it up or evict it by blessing it and expelling a lot of manpower into it. Why not just blow it up? Maybe it's more of a controlled explosion, essentially. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's like, like, well, we could just burn this house down, or we can do uh, a controlled demolition. You know, isn't that kind of? 
I guess so. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's good to add force to the expulsion. Ex, yeah. Expulsion of the the demonic. I, I force. suppose it could just go flying into whoever's hanging out doing it to him. Hey, a boy age four has a mark of the devil on him. This is according to the Sun. Uh, the parents of a four year old boy were horrified when the mark of the devil appeared on the son's chest. And if you want to read more, subscribe to the Sun, uh, which I'll pass on. But. Uh, the son, of course, a British tabloid newspaper. And here's the fun picture of... I mean, it looks like he was branded, honestly. I mean, the son's usually full of shit to begin with. But hey! I saw it. Did you see the picture? It's I like did. It's like a, uh, a bullseye or something. It looks like something that comes with a daisy BB gun. <laughs> it does. It kind of looks like... It, it, I mean, it literally looks like somebody took a, like a very... Uh, essentially heated up a symbol and put it on their son's chest, called the son, and said, Hey, look! Devil symbol. Um, I'm going to kind of call bullshit on that one. You know, Number look, one with the source and what it is. It looks like one kid hit another kid with something that, that looked like that. Honestly. Yeah, it really kind of does. Shit. I was probably branded by Fisher Price. I don't know how many times my brother would hit me with a Fisher Price toy. The so true mark of the devil. Yes. Yeah, or or getting like a some sort of McDonald's mark on you from a Happy Meal. There you <laughs> There's go. the true mark of the devil right there. <laughs> It's like Mark of the of Ronald. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, some of the follow-ups and some of the stuff we've been talking about. If you have a feedback on any of our episodes, the things we've talked about, feel free to leave it for us on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Just underneath the story, you can uh, leave it in the Facebook comments. You always write into us uh, through our website, uh, through the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. Email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. Or, of course, uh, in the YouTube comments uh, as well. Or uh, iTunes comments, wherever you want to go. We do, in fact, check those things. And uh, we appreciate you uh, reaching out. Uh, let's go to a caller to kick off the show today at 855-853-4802. Hi. Hey, Tony. How you doing, buddy? <clears throat> I, uh, I just thought I would take it up a notch from the call with the woman doing dishes. And I thought I would call while I'm walk verifying a fairway on a golf course. I hope you can hear me. Hey, bud, it's just going to be a small introduction call. My name's Tim Z. I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina. And I just want to thank you, because on days like today, when I'm doing a monotonous, robotic, all-day task, you and your lovely wife keep me uh, very stimulated in the brain region. <clears throat> hey, I appreciate everything, and I will definitely give you a call back soon. I got some stories to tell you about, um, but the one probably most... I'm, I'm most anticipating telling, telling you, or eager to tell you, excuse me, you can tell I'm out of breath. Um, it's about a haunted ice rink where they play hockey and skating and curling. Yeah, curling. Um, yeah, so how about that? Hoping that tickles your feathers a little bit. Um, yeah, some weird, weird stuff happening on, on several occasions, but... Uh, Expect to hear from me again, bud. I really, really, really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, I'm going to hit subscribe real soon. Sorry I haven't done that yet. And I'm just going to shut up because I'm a rambler. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you uh, for the call. And I, I would love to hear the story of the haunted ice rink. We love to hear how the show's being used in people's lives. Yeah. You know, some people listen to it at work. Some people fall asleep to it. Some people listen to it when they're uh, doing electrical work on old buildings in Ireland. I, I saw a, yeah. a message earlier today about that. So it's just, it's really cool just hearing you guys are, where you guys are listening and using the show. Really do appreciate that. Um, 
uh, curling. That's a. I've always wanted to try that. <laughs> you know, with the brooms. Yeah. And everything. Um, I, I could see. Um, uh, I don't know. He says haunted ice rink, and I, in my mind, when he immediately goes back to the ice rink in my hometown, where uh, there was a tragedy when I was a kid there with the the high school hockey league. What happened? Um, they were. Um, playing hockey and the puck hit uh i believe it was the goalie just like it went like through his mask like just there was just enough room or something went through hit him in the temple killed him oh my god in the middle of the game yeah oh. i remember that when i was a kid i was not at the game yeah but i remember when that happened i remember there was like a you know big you know memorial tribute sign up in the rink and everything and i mean it was it was sad that is sad but i could see that being a ghost at that <laughs> rink too just you know such a young death you know it's a violent sport but you know people usually don't get killed playing it either well yeah you don't think about that because they've all got their their gear yeah. on yeah i the mean odds that it would hit just right yeah i mean this was the late 80s so i mean i don't know if I don't know what the gear rules and regulations were at the time, or if it's improved since then, or whatnot. I'd imagine it has, but um, but yeah. Anyhow, I'd love to hear your story of the haunted ice rink. That could wreak havoc in a game if you have ghosts in something where people are competing. <laughs> and suddenly, like this thing start moving where they shouldn't be. That'd be great. That'd be a great. Be great to be that ghost just screwing with people and messing up games. There you go. That would be a fun career as a ghost, right there. Eight five five eight. 853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Your writes in back in Laos in the villages. Uh, there were no doctors or hospitals. The Hmong people lived in homes made of bamboo with no running water or electricity. My uncle's wife died while giving birth to their first child. The baby survived. My uncle was very young and didn't know how to take care of the baby. He often cried and said how awful my aunt was to leave them both. Yeah, like it was her choice. Uh, a couple nights later, while the baby was crying, he heard something crawling on the rooftop, then falling down into the house. Seconds later, the baby stopped crying. It sounded like the baby was suckling on something. When the baby fell asleep, he would hear it climb the walls and leave. He wasn't scared because he knew who it was. He smelt her scent. Sometimes, he would even talk to her. He could hear her breathing next to him. This happened every night until the baby was three months. He remarried, and she never came back. Is that ghost breastfeeding we just read about? I believe so. Ghost breast milk? That's that's, that's strange. I've never heard of, of anything like that. I've heard of people using human breast milk and ice cream. Yes, I've heard of that. That's disturbing as hell. But uh, this is right up there with uh, ghost breastfeeding. Is there any chance the baby just fell back asleep? <laughs> Could that have possibly been the case? Yeah. <laughs> when the possibility of a ghost breastfeeding comes in. Of course, ghost breastfeeding will win out every time. But, I, I mean, it's an interesting story. It is. Very interesting. And I guess, you know, it was, you know, a secondhand story from, but... Sure. Yeah, interesting, nonetheless. I, I suppose it could. I mean, it, it, it does make sense. If you're the mother and you passed away, you'd want to try and be there for your child. So, I guess it just kind of makes some sense there. Uh, 855-853-4802 if you have a real ghost story you would like to share with us 855-853-4802 is the phone number to dial 24 hours a day 7 days a week no matter where you are middle of the night uh, while you're being haunted uh, or whatever the case may be I still I say this I want to get a call when somebody's in the middle of a haunting 
and weird things are going on, I think that would be absolutely awesome. Do you think we're to the point we would be people's first thought when they're being haunted? I think our avid listeners, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think says those folks, yeah, I think that, you know, so keep that number handy in your phone. You know, put it on speed dial. Speed We've had dial. some that were close that called like 10 minutes after it happened. It's true. We have had that. Well, we, well we, we technically have had the one, but she was unaware that weird things were going on with the, the dishes, you know. That's true. Um, but she was not like calling going, oh my God, you know. I still stand by. They did not want us to hear her story. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. It was annoying as hell to hear, though. I mean, that was a very difficult call to get to. Imagine being her and hearing that being played back and being like, oh, my God. Because it was such an intrusive um, sound. Here's here's an interesting thought on that, though. In most cases, um, spirits want to be known, especially like demonic type things. So they're not necessarily trying to kill the messenger or, or, or... interfere with a messenger, that's where that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It does if we're going to give her advice on how to get rid of it. Yeah, I guess you got a point there. Which is what we did, which is probably what it suspected we would do. Yeah, so it's trying to stop her. Okay, I get you. Yeah, okay. I stand corrected. No, I'm not trying to correct you. I just no, see things right. differently sometimes. No, that's good. I mean, because I would just have left it at that had you not been here. And I would have been like, yep, I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> see, ladies and gentlemen, every once in a while, somebody other than Tony is right. Because that's how I roll, bitches. Yep, uh, 855-853-4802. But hey, at least I can admit when I'm wrong. You know, that's a good thing. You are very good at that, yes. Uh, 855-853-4802. Uh, we'll go to Todd's story uh, after we go to another phone call. I am very interested in hearing his follow-up to the story yesterday with the uh, the ghost uh, doctor in his house. Uh, hi, you are on the air at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello, this is Marcy again, and this is about a night terror. I believe I had night terrors my entire life, but this one, this one felt different. It was about two years ago when I, my favorite dog was very sick, and she was, I knew she was dying. And I was laying in bed, and she was at the foot of my bed where she's been for 15 years. And I remember waking up and seeing a black, faceless thing crouched over her. I felt automatically it was trying to take her. And I got up. I tried to get up, actually. I couldn't. I felt like I was held down. And I couldn't do anything. I tried so hard to stop it, but all I could do was growl. I growled at it because I felt that was the only thing I could do. And as soon as I did that, I closed my eyes and I just growled at it. And I opened my eyes and it was it was gone. And I just st- sat there at the end of the bed, patting her for a very long time. And about two weeks later, she had to be put to sleep because she was too sick and that's pretty sad because I love that dog very much but a few days after I had to put her to sleep all three of my other dogs were in bed with my mom and I heard some claws walking down the uh, hardwood floor in front of my bedroom and I said who left the door open in my mom's room the dogs are going to pee so I went to go and see if all the dogs are out. They were all sound asleep. 
in my mom's room. They weren't even moving. They were clearly out of it. <laughs> so, and the door was shut, so it was impossible for it to be those three. So I knew I heard Jane, and I had one of her claws that I wore on my neck as a necklace, and I fastened it really well with a um, nail to the chain. But every time something bad would happen, or every time I would cry, that claw would fall off, and twice it was down on her favorite mat. I never lost it because it just kept falling where I'd see it. And about five years before this, I had a, a dog, another dog, a white poodle. His name was Frisky, and he was very sick, but the thing with him was he really didn't want to die. He wasn't 14 like Champ. He was only eight years old, and he wasn't ready to go. And I always felt that he wasn't ready to go, so... He cried when we put him to sleep. He didn't want to go, and that hurt me so bad. And I was constantly just felt ashamed of myself putting him down, but I was told that it was the right thing by the vet. So I I tried to uh, go to sleep one night, and my mother tucked me in. And the thing with Frisky was he had really bad breath. It almost smelled like cheesies. <laughs> so... When she tucked me in, we both smelled cheesies right in her face. And I has to be frisky, because it was just that distinct, weird, cheesy smell. And the thing is, with frisky, he died the night before Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve, I was so sad. I was crying my eyes out. And we had the other three dogs at the bed with us. One was Champ at the time, which died a few years after. But she, we had the other three dogs in the bed, so she tried to, my mom tried to get me to come to bed with her because I was having such a bad time. So I went to bed with my mom and the other three were on the bed and I heard walking like a dog chain, his chain jiggling, and I felt like a hop and like pressure on the bed where he jumped off. And then I saw like that all the other dogs were sleeping and we heard the chain shaking and the other dogs weren't paying any mind to it. Then we smelled that cheesy smell again. And then he jumped off the bed. Well, I really do feel. I felt him jump off the bed and walk over by the window and then the wind picked up really bad and because it was Christmas we had some uh, decorations out there they were just going crazy and then I felt like he left right at that moment and then seconds later the wind just stopped dead like unnaturally dead still and I also had when I was about eight I saw this dog in the woods, a black wolf-like dog with yellow, yellow eyes. My two stepsisters also seen this dog, but they were really afraid of it, and I only felt peace and good from it, but they ran, and they tried to pull me away from it, but I couldn't stop looking at it. It, it almost looked like it was going. It was beautiful to me. 
matches Anne. And I constantly have seen that after that, like the most recent time I've seen it this year. When I was going to pick up a guitar for my boyfriend for his birthday, I saw this dog walk into a wall when I was driving. And I thought it, I thought it might have walked into an open door, but when we got up to that place, it, the door was actually boarded over with old boards and stuff. So there's no way the dog could have gotten in there. And I've seen it before too. I've seen it about three times. And as for the night terrors, they still happen. And it constantly seems to be that black thing that crouches over me. Very similar to the old hag, as you were talking about. I'm sorry for being so nervous, but thank you. I hope this is interesting to you. Goodbye. Thank you for that call. You know, I... I think what you may be experiencing sounds a lot like sleep paralysis, which we've talked about quite a bit, um, especially if it's reoccurring, because we've talked about if you have it once, how it's easier to have it happen to you again. Um, The ghost dogs are very interesting, though, and I'm surprised that, you know, that you see as many of them as you do, because that's not something you hear a lot about people seeing too many ghost dogs, but it sounds like you're seeing quite a few and, and others that aren't really yours. Yeah, I, the interesting thing that to me was the, the dark entity that's hovering over the animals as they're dying. That just seems a little... That seems odd. It's um, like a shadow person that comes to take the soul. Yeah, I mean, it almost... It doesn't sound good. That's the thing. I mean, it, it, it doesn't sound like, you know, if you had a good, happy dog, you know. Well, I don't think it's the dog. I don't... No, I don't don't think it's the dog that's going. I think it's... But it sounds like something dark that's coming and taking the dog away. That's the thing that disturbs me. Yeah. But, you know... I'd like to think maybe a dog's going to float away to Happy Land, not, uh... I don't know. know. The hounds of hell. I think it's, it's the sleep paralysis. Yeah, I mean, it really could could just be that. I mean, really, I mean, with something like that, if you if you do have sleep paralysis or something, something like that, you know, maybe a good thing to talk with an actual medical professional about, um, just to kind of rule that out, you know, and talk about you know what you're experiencing, um, because it does sound a lot like that, um, where your eyes, you know, you're open, uh, but you're still kind of dreaming and you're seeing things that are not super great, but it's it's kind of. You know, connective with almost uh, images that you may be somewhat familiar with, you know? Okay. Or darkness, you mm-hmm. know? And, and if it's repeating itself like that, I don't know. Um, it would be worth probably talking to someone about um, in the medical community just to, to see if that's the case. Because if, if it is a case and it's not anything paranormal, which it very well may not be anything paranormal, um, that'd be something good to get under control. Um, you know, that could really help you out a lot. Is it a type of sleep apnea, kind of like the old hag syndrome? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it could be along those lines. You know, okay. so I would look at some of the medical world that that deals with with sleeping disorders, um, and explain what's going on. And you may find that you're not alone uh, with with people who are having those same sort of uh, issues. Now, I do have a question, though. On since we we talk about sleep paralysis quite a bit, and people seeing the shadow people during that. Are the people that are experiencing this more the ones that are sensitive to paranormal experiences anyway? 
I don't know. Um, when I had it, I don't. I don't necessarily say I'm sensitive to paranormal experiences, and I had that once. Okay. Um, I like. I mean, it has to be pretty strong for me to pick up on it, and I do pick up on it sometimes. But it usually has to be a pretty dark thing for me to to feel the energy of it. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I was just. I curious. guess it would make sense. Yeah. But I don't know that that's uh, necessarily always the case because okay. I. I really do think that a lot of times the sleep paralysis is not a haunting. It is more so uh, exactly what it is, uh, a mental state. You know, that, that can come across as being very messed up. I know. I just can't wrap my mind around the fact that so many people, when they do experience it, experience this, they hallucinate and see the same thing. Well, I mean, that it's not in every case. Um, and it is interesting that it is the same thing in a lot of cases. Um, the weird thing with that, that it is being the same thing in every case, you could look at it from both ways. If you're saying, um, if they're all seeing the same thing, that almost would make you think it is more of a mental state than anything else. Just because they are seeing the same thing. Why would the same thing be at all these different places if it's a ghost? Sure. You know, or entity. Um, but you do hear a lot, of, there's a lot of variations on it. It's not always just the old woman sitting on someone's chest. That does tend to be a lot what it is, and it makes me with the mind go. There's a lot of stories where work, some shadow-esque person sitting on someone's chest, not necessarily an old, scary woman. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many variations on it. Okay. Um, but I, I I would think your mind would you know be pumping so much adrenaline, and your mind would be in the fear state that it's going to be generating if you're not able to breathe well or you feel like you're being held down you're going to be thinking oh my god it's the middle of the night is there a ghost and so maybe your mind oh equate ghost into scene and bam you're seeing a ghost okay that makes my sense. thoughts on it again i don't think all of the cases are uh completely mental you know projections but i think i think like 70 percent are I think we need to find a professional that deals with sleep paralysis. That'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. If, if there is one out there that's listening, I'd love to talk to you about that very topic and uh, get some insight. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Todd's writing in. Hi, guys. Second part of my story. This is uh, Todd who wrote in uh, on last night's episode about the haunted uh, house uh, and the uh, the doctor that was, uh, or, or may uh, think possibly that the doctor was haunting the house. So continuing on, quite some time after my last story took place, around three years or so later, I had another friend who was at my house. I was getting ready to move. I needed to help. Uh, I needed help getting things ready for packing. This friend also had suggested in the past that he was a sensitive. Where do I find these people? Todd, you worked in radio most of your life. That's where you found these people. <laughs> um, seriously. Um, although I don't know who this he's referring to. Anyhow, one evening, I decided to start packing a few things on the second story. Again, no one had lived up there for a few years, and nothing had occurred in the home since I had heard the footsteps and door slam. However, I will admit on a few occasions that I went upstairs, something seemed different. It was, it was always like uh, something was up there, watching, listening. I chalked it up to feeling creeped out by the incident years earlier. So I tried to put my mind at ease. I had not uh, shared this earlier story with my friend. Why should I? It was a one-time thing, and I, being the type of believer skeptic that I am, 
tried convincing myself that it never happened. I know. Better, however. That evening, my friend and I went upstairs to grab a few things out of the attic portion of the home. The attic was nothing more than a large, unfinished closet, closet, which I am guessing is what the second floor of the home originally looked like before it had been converted to three bedrooms and a bathroom. After living on the second floor, my friend started freaking out a bit. He was having a hard time breathing. He said he didn't feel comfortable at all up there. Something or someone was watching us. I laughed at his reaction, which made him even more upset, and he ran downstairs. I followed. There was no way in hell I was staying up there. Found my friend in the TV room, nearly in tears. I asked him what was going on, what he was, what was wrong. He proceeded to tell me that the night before, while he slept in the TV room, the man by the name of Charlie came to talk with him in a dream and warned him about a trickster spirit that was also residing in the house. The spirit pretended to be a little girl, but was not a girl at all. Okay, he got my attention. Was it Charles who built the home back in 1925 that came to see him? Was it the Charles who may have been communicating with my other friend a few years ago who was trying to make himself known? I wasn't sure, but I also was not sure I wanted to know any more about any of this. My friend proceeded to say that according to Charlie, the trickster spirit also spoke with someone else in the house who was a sensitive. It would call the person's name using a little girl's voice just before that person had fallen asleep. Knowing I had never experienced such a thing, I was on the phone to my former roommate who lived on the second floor years before. She's now living in Louisiana, and I wanted to get her take. When I asked what strange things she had remembered about the house, the usual things were again listed. Loud bangs and walking on the floor, conversations being heard at all hours of the night. Nothing else, I asked? I wish I had not asked. There was one more thing she remembered distinctly. Many nights, when she was just about to fall asleep, she would hear her name whispered by what sounded like a little girl who was mere inches from her face. I was freaking out a little, but again, skeptical. All I was sure about, I was done packing for the night and felt like things would ne- would seem better in the morning. I retired to my room at the front of the house, and my friend once again took up shop in the TV room at the back of the house. My dog, Greta, joined me in the big bed, and I was ready to crash for the night. Just before settling in, I heard something very strange. It sounded like a little girl's laugh and voice. But it was mixed with a second tone, as though two people were saying the same thing at the exact same time. Greta immediately jumped out of the bed and began barking at the bedroom door. I let her out just in time to see my friend nearly running from my room. He, too, had heard it. What was that? Now, let me tell you a little about my home. It was made with stone and brick. It has a, or it had a clay tile roof. And the windows, while original, were as tight as tight could be. Although it was nearly on the corner of a busy intersection, you could not hear what was going on outside the home. It was the type of home where all you'd hear were the tick-tocking of the hall clock. The floor didn't creak, the wind didn't whistle in the attic. The only noise in the house, the only noise the house made, was the occasional pop from the radiators on a cold winter's night. The house was so quiet that one evening... When the car jumped the curb out front and landed on its side, 
I was none the wiser until I saw the flashes from the police car out front. This was strange. We had all heard it, even Greta. And it sounded like it came from the very middle of the house, but we had no way of determining what it was, where it came from, or what was said. Needless to say, it was a very sleepless night. I put these incidents to the side since I was gearing up to move. Nothing else happened until two weeks later. I work early in the morning, and it's not uncommon for me to wake up at 3.45 a.m. to be to work on time. One morning while brushing my teeth, a rather loud and lengthy childlike laugh came from the front room. This room is a large living room with a fireplace and hardwood floors. Sounds echo from that room. And so did this laughter. Again, as before, it sounded like two voices laughing in the same cadence at the same exact time. One very childlike and one low-pitched and muffled. I had another incident in the house. I moved on June 27th. I still don't know what I believe or if I believe anything took place, even though I'm well aware of what I heard and felt there. Best of luck to the new owners. I have to say, I I think Charlie's there. Come on, Todd, you got a ghost or you had a ghost. You got to admit it <laughs> as, as much as you may not want to. That's a, that's a good ghost story. It's very good. But yeah, I mean, with that's very, what, what's most convincing to me about that and that it's not carbon monoxide or, or some other thing I would say, consider, is the multiple people that all reported back um, a story that, that lined up, the Charlie name, the little girl, without being presented with the other side's evidence. Right. Nobody said, hey, did nobody said, hey, did you hear Charlie? Did you hear your name called out by a little girl? It was just tell me what you experienced. Yeah. And then it was all repeated back and, and the stories cross reference themselves per- per- perfectly. That is a ghost. Well, and it makes sense that the activity happened around sensitive people. Yeah. That's interesting. That's that's a very interesting story. Hey, did you put that on the MLS when you sold the house, by the way? Was that one of the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were they aware of this little, uh, little fact? It was a really cute-looking house, too. I mean, I've I, I seen pictures of it, and it was a nice house. Um, but, uh, yeah, gosh. Um, well, if you ever do find out more about uh, any hauntings from the new owners, do share. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Uh, with your real ghost stories. And uh, come around Halloween, I want to talk about uh, the adventures in the haunted radio station. And I think it'd be fun to have Todd actually on the show if he's willing to to come on and, and talk. Um, that would be fun because there's a lot that, that went on. And I've told you my stories of the place and I've told our audience my stories of the radio station. But so many people have different stories. It'd be fun to, for me to call all of the people um, that I used to work with there and get their different stories because there's a lot of interesting ones. Yeah. About that. Um, about 210 South Main in, uh, in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Uh, 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Hi, you're on there. Hey, what's going on, Tony? Um, crazy ghost, ghost uh, encounter that I think I'm going through right now. Um, it happened today. Somehow... I feel like it's connected to like a month ago 
where like I was after viewing your shows or whatever sometimes I go on YouTube and I look up other paranormal stuff and uh, there was this video basically saying it's a real so, uh, how to summon the devil and um, satanic ritual and long story short it was a creepy video I looked at and then a series of other crazy things happened after that but the craziest thing that's happened so far was today uh, after the sun went down um, you gave us a lot of episodes so I was all happy that, that I could you know break them up like I'll watch one in the morning one in the afternoon but today uh, the sun went down and um I like to listen to the shows at night and I turn on a candle in my room and then I'll just listen to your show in the dark with the candle and uh, I'll just chill there and, and listen and you know I have fun listening to them but today was weird man because I was in my room on my couch and I have a couch in my room because it's kind of big and I have a big screen in front and then like my bed is ne my bed's next to the TV in front and so I turn on the candle and I was I was listening to the show and I swear to God like when you the candles in front of me on the on the ottoman and across the room is my bed and i could see the even though it's all dark i could see the whiteness of my pillow and you know the crazy part is i'm getting chills right now as we talk i was listening to your show and i'm looking across the room to the whiteness of the pillow and i i swear i could have saw a shadow move to the right like boom it moved because it covered the whiteness of the pillow and and I'm getting chills right now I'm sitting in the exact same spot where where um, where it happened I'm getting mad chills right now uh, even my dog is acting kind of weird right now but um, I could see like some the whiteness of the, the pillow like went like boom like darkness went over it and like left and uh, I stayed sitting down listening to the show for like another four or five minutes and I finally got up and turned on the lights and I paused it and uh, oh man it's crazy there you go I guess it's fairly close to uh, something paranormal happening while someone's uh, able to call sounds us sounds like it I don't think I'd be watching any more of those YouTube videos on how to summon the devil yeah I mean I think that may not have been the wisest one to click on no <laughs> I wonder I mean <sighs> Can I mean can something like that be summoned by simply watching the video? If you're not the one participating in it, can just the viewing and just the vocals of whatever that is that's being said coming out of speakers perform the act itself, or does a human have to actually be doing it? I wonder. How well, um, how much did you interact with that video? Is my question. I don't know. I I almost wonder if the act of watching it means you are open to that. Kind of like, you know, using a Ouija board or yes. something. Yeah. Yes, that you're opening that door. I don't know. Very freaky and very creepy. Um, thank you for the call. Well, keep us posted if uh, you have more uh, unexplained activity going on in your house. Um, this does not sound uh, like a uh, anything pleasant, uh, whatever it is that's uh, been conjured up there. Uh, 855-853-4802 with your real ghost story please press the subscribe button if you've not done so yet on whatever platform you're listening to us on and on iTunes right now like I said we're giving away the uh, bonus episode all you have to do is give us a review there 
then email me the uh, the username that uh, you sent uh, or you left that uh, review on. You email Tony T O N Y at realghoststoriesonline.com and I'll email you back the link to that bonus episode even if you don't use iTunes okay there's a little something if you don't use iTunes you can still get the bonus episode just, just get in there it's free you sign up leave the review be greatly appreciated and I will send you that uh, that bonus episode it's a full episode full hour long just like our other episodes um, and all new stories you know, just for you Tony C. writes into the late 2000s my godparents bought a house just outside of a small town in northwestern Iowa growing up my siblings and I always played there due to its large farmyard we kept some old to- toys in the uh, small one car garage for easy access every once in a while in the house we would get a strange creepy feeling like someone was in the room with us the kind of feeling that makes your hairs down your neck stand straight up but nothing too crazy ever happened. One summer, I was told to let their dog out every few hours while they were gone. I arrived late one night after dark, all alone, to let their dog out. After about an hour, the dog and I came back inside, and the dog made a beeline for the basement door around the corner and began to bark and growl very aggressively. All of the hairs in the dog's back were straight as can be, and so were mine. He had began to scratch at the door very hard, leaving deep claw marks. Well, I was a farm kid, and I just assumed that there was a mouse or a rat, and he was running down the stairs, and he was after it. So I opened the door to let the dog go and get whatever it was that he wanted. This was a decision I quickly regretted. About halfway down the stairs, there's a ladder that leads to an attic. The dog ran to the bottom of the ladder and looked up at the entrance hatch to the attic and continued to bark and growl and attack. By this time, I started to get very creeped out. I looked up at the hatch and noticed it was open which is a huge red flag. A moment later, the dog stopped barking and took off back upstairs and hid in his bed. I closed the door and quickly left. Later that summer, I found myself back on dog duty again, but this time I brought my brother with me in one afternoon. While the dog was out, we went into the small garage to see what we could uh, track down for the dog food. Inside the garage, there's an old flimsy shelf, and I bumped into it, but uh, accidentally causing a a tin oil can to fall off and make an odd sound. It sounded like it had fallen and hit a rock or other hard surface, which was odd because the floor in the garage was dirt. After picking up my mess, my brother began to kick up some of the dirt around us to find this rock and hard surface. Just as I was about to give up and go home, my brother had stumbled across the source of the hard surface. As we dug around, the object started to take shape and quickly noticed the corner of something like a brick. After a few minutes of digging, we were horrified at our nightmarish discovery. Laying at our feet was, in no doubt, a headstone. It was really worn, and the only thing I could make out was the date 1901, which my godparents came home from vacation. I showed them what I had found in their garage, and we all went out to the spot we had dug it up. We all began to kick some dirt around and dig small holes. After a few minutes of playing archaeologist, we found two more headstones and an unmistakable lower human jawbone. We called the police, and soon they came out to have a look, and soon the property was filled with police, fire and EMS crews, and even the local news station. After several long hours of digging, they discovered three adult skeletons and one one newborn skeleton. After a long investigation, it was determined that the remains belonged to the family that had built the property way back in the late 1800s. Apparently, the whole family had gone missing and were never found. According to the the county coroner's office, the cause of death was murder. 
each person had a gunshot wound in the back of their skull. To this day, very creepy stuff happens there. Then where were the headstones from, if they were murdered? I have no idea. I, I know. I, that doesn't seem to add up there. Okay, you got to write back in and explain, because obviously I'm not following something, but if they, if you found the bodies of the murder victims, why were their headstones there? Or maybe they, were they just bricks as headstones? Maybe they were just bricks as headstones. Maybe this actually was a cemetery area at one point in time, and maybe someone just buried the bodies there, but the people were never found. But, you know... If we just bury someone in the cemetery of some sort, cemeteries are not necessarily the first place you go to look for a missing person. That's true. Um, so, uh, and back at that time, you know, no DNA evidence or anything like that in 1901. Um, I suppose you could fairly easily uh, put some more bodies in a cemetery and no one's going to know the difference. Um, I don't know. There, there could be a lot of explanations for it. I'm not discounting the story. It is adding up oddly. But uh, some clarification would help as to what... And maybe they don't even know. Maybe just the headstones were just there. And it, maybe the headstones are not necessarily related to the the murder victims. I don't know. Okay, but if the family went missing... Or maybe would, it's all bullshit. Wouldn't the first place you'd look be the family property? <sighs> yeah, that would make more sense, too. And it doesn't sound like there were very deep graves. If it didn't take very long to find a human jawbone. I don't know. I'm sorry. Write in and correct me, but right yeah. now I'm not sure I'm buying it. Yeah. I could see it being bullshit. But please correct us. Maybe we're just missing a link here in the story. Yeah. Know. Let us know. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. It's a great ghost story, if it's real. Sure. But let's uh, let's just solidify it a little bit more with... Uh, with the missing pieces there. 855-853-4802. Again, the phone number to call in with your real ghost story or write in on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And by the way, we have swag. You can wear your Real Ghost Stories Online gear now. Back to school time is coming up. Show your friends how creepy you are by wearing your Real Ghost Stories Online hoodies. There and you say, want to hear a story? Or was it want to hear a scary? Yeah. yeah want to hear a story? Want to hear a story. Uh, as they're cool. Uh, they really are really cool. Um, and there's all sorts of fun stuff. Maybe take your Real Ghost Stories online flask with you uh, to school, and then you can get through the day that much easier. I want to see. No, don't. <laughs> Jeez, Tony. <laughs> God. I remember kids in high school that would, uh, <laughs> that would, they'd have, and it was so evident, and I don't know how the hell they did not get in trouble for it. They would have their little water bottles. Sure. And it was like the Rubbermaid ones with like the the spout, you know, like the straw. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, oh, it's water. But there'd be like a lime wedge in there. And you knew damn well that it was like a vodka tonic or something. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm not, I'm just kidding. What would be cool is if people took pictures wearing their swag or with their item in a creepy place. That would be awesome. Um, we so, could start a whole gallery of those. Yes, if you do uh, get some some gear from our store, and you can uh, find that through our website at realghoststoriesonline.com, uh, do send us a picture of uh, yourself wearing some of our gear, uh, and uh, you never know, there may just be some extra incentives and, and uh, you know maybe bonus episodes or something like that that you'll uh, automatically be getting uh, just for... Uh, just for doing that. So uh, check out the store at realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's do another call here before we wrap up today's episode. Uh, again, phone number 
Hi, my name is Nicole, and I'm from Washington State. Um, a couple years ago, um, my brother's best friend, he had an apparent drug overdose, and they found him not breathing, so they took him to the hospital and put him on life support. Very, very hard thing. We found out that there was no signs of any um, brain activity, so they were going to pull him from the plug. So the day that they decided that he was going to pass, me and my brother, um, I wanted to hang out with him and be there for him because his best friend that was like his brother was passing. Um, they had a fort down in the woods. They're both 18-year-old boys, but they had a fort down in the woods that they built from the ground up that they worked on very hard. And during that time, that's where my brother wanted to be. So I, we knew that they were going to pull the plug around 6 o'clock. So we went down in the fort together in the woods. It was very quiet. We sat there and we exchanged some memories. And, you know, my brother said, I'm, I'm really going to miss him. And I know we'd been down there for about 20 minutes. And out of nowhere, clear as day, there was a yell into the woods that said, Zach! Zach! And... You know, it sounded just like his friend Andrew, that at the time, had we didn't know that he had already passed, but we knew that he was being taken off life support. But we heard clear as day his voice yelling for my brother. And, you know, we, we live kind of out in the country. It's very secluded. There was no males at our home at the time that was calling down, you know, from, from the house to the fort. And me and my brother looked at each other, and we both knew that that was Andrew's voice. And we both knew that he was calling out to my brother from the other side. So I'd just like to share that with you guys. It was, you know, a, a mind-changing experience hearing somebody that you know. You know, I went to the hospital the day before and said goodbye to him. And to hear his voice and to know that there was nobody else around. And <laughs> it was it was an amazing thing. I know, too, that he's also come to my brother in some dreams. They talk about how sometimes, you know, that your loved ones visit you and, and uh, I, I hope that he takes comfort from that, knowing that, you know, his best friend is always with him. But just wanted to share that. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Bye. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call with your real ghost story. That's a good story. That is know? a good one. That's, that's interesting, especially when you... I wish there were, you know, when you see a ghost or have something like this experience happen... It's pretty easy to quantify, okay, that was your friend. You know, it, it's like, okay, he was, he was trying to reach out. I, I, I find it so difficult when, when you have the story of um, someone deceased coming to you in a dream. You know, it, it's hard to say, okay, that was for sure the person coming to me in a dream. Uh, or it was just me dreaming about that person coming to me in a dream. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think that? Because it could very, when you're dreaming about someone who's passed on, it could very easily be you just conjuring up the memory and, you know, and, and having that, that thought, you know? Have you ever had that happen to you? Mm, I've had, I've seen my grandparents in dreams, but they were never like relaying a message or they were just kind of there. It was like a family-esque situation. Your dad's parents? No, no. I, I, and I, and I, I, I've never had that, um. I think that would be difficult for me to have that too. I mean, if they came to me, you got a point because I only have seen them in pictures. I never met them, obviously, because they had died before I was born. So my mind, I don't have a vivid memory of them at all because I've never had a memory of them. Um, had they appeared in a dream? Okay, I think that would be more of a case 
for it because they'd be like, oh my god, no, they did this, or if they said something that I was completely unaware of and I asked my dad about, oh yeah, that adds up. That's where you can add it up and go, okay, this really was, you know, something. Or you could add it up where if, if it's if someone you did know, but they're telling you something that you were unaware of, maybe someone else was aware of, and you were relaying a message or something, then you can quantify it going, okay, this really was them coming to me in a dream. If they're just there saying, hey, I'm okay, I don't always know that that's necessarily really them coming to, to you in a dream. It may just be you thinking, you know, as a comfort you know, mechanism in our brain, you know, that they're saying they're okay. I wish there was more of a way to quantify it is what I'm saying. Okay. You know, I don't think every time a dead person shows up in a dream, they're really coming to you in your dream. No, not every time. But I've had a couple experiences where loved ones that I don't, I mean, I, this is going to sound bad, but that I'm not thinking about on a regular basis. I mean, and I what I mean by that is like, like her brother would have been thinking about his friend, sure. you know, a lot because that was pretty recent. Yeah, I've had relatives come to me at tr- very trying times um, in a comforting way, mm-hmm. but they weren't relatives that I think about on a daily basis mm-hmm. or was even really terribly close with, mm-hmm. but they, they, they came just for the sole purpose sure. to tell me it was going to be okay. Okay, and that's interesting. That's a little different. I mean, that's that's kind of out of the ordinary. It's not... I can very easily see a lot of times when someone dies that they dream that their loved one comes to them and tells them that they're okay. But when they're more out of the ordinary, you know, or not necessarily someone you're close to or think of on a daily basis, or really much at all, right. if they're popping up, that's odd. Yeah. You know, that's... And, and, and the person... Okay, do we have time for the short story? Yeah, we got time. Okay. <laughs> it's a podcast. I know. Okay. So my dad was in the hospital when I was in high school. And, you know, we were all very worried about him. It was very unexpected how he ended up there. Yeah. And the person that came to me in my dream that night to tell me it was going to be okay, because he was in ICU. We weren't sure if he was going to be okay or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in high school. My brother's in middle school. My mom was up there with him. But the person that came to me that night was his grandmother, my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she had been gone for probably almost 10 years at that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit less, maybe like seven or eight. But, you know, I wasn't very close with her. She was by far probably the kindest person in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just really made sense that she was the one that came to me because it was a relative of his mm-hmm. from his side. Sure. And it would be very much within her nature to do that. Mm-hmm. So I very much believe she came to me sure. that night. Yeah, I could see that one being one of those cases where, yeah, this was legitimately someone coming to you. Um, what's interesting about that, and here's what I wonder, when that sort of thing does happen, um, and it is, in fact, a ghost or whatever you want to call it coming to you, um, are they coming to you and saying, I mean, obviously she was right. Everything did work out and, and he did get out of the hospital. But when they're coming to you and saying everything's going to be all right. I mean, is that like what she said? Or was there actually words exchanged? Was it more like a feeling? Uh, I was laying there and I dreamt that she was stroking my hair and she said, he's going to be okay. Everything's okay. going to be okay. Okay. Here's what I wonder about that. Are they able to look into the future? Do they actually know if everything's going to be okay in those situations? Or are they delivering a message, just as you would as a human being, 
to another person where you'd say everything's going to be okay, you know, to calm someone down. On the other side, can they see ahead? That's what I wonder. I don't know that. I don't know that. And I took that a couple of different ways. I thought, okay, he's either going to pull through this Uh or he's going to be with her. Oh, I see. I mean, it really could go either way. Right. And at that time, it was very hard because I I woke up. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. That that it does beg the question, though, because you have to what I mean, if they're able to to come to you in a dream, Mm -hmm. number one, um, do they need to have a little more knowledge than we do about the immediate future or even further down the road? I don't know. It just was a very grandmotherly thing. It was sure. very much fit. Yeah. And Dad, I know you listen. I'm sorry I never told you this story, but now you know. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad you're still here listening to every one of these. Yes. Yes, both of us are. So, there you go. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story if you'd like to share it with us or of course you can always uh, write into us on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com and uh, share it with us that way of course share the show with your friends uh, wherever platform you like whether it be Facebook, Twitter Pinterest is a fun one if you're a pinner uh, especially with Halloween coming up we got some pretty creepy ass graphics <laughs> uh, and if you want to you know those are very clickable uh, so please do uh, do uh, share the show whatever means uh, you prefer and share it on a regular basis share new episodes as they come out don't just do it once and call it a day keep sharing the show uh, that's what helps us grow helps us to get more listeners and more great real ghost stories to share with you every single episode here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.